I think the biggest advice is um, trying to get like a diverse uh, group of friends, uh, really the, the different nationalities, go on exchange, really important for me as well. I went to, to America and to Thailand for an exchange, like uh, in my bachelor uh, to America and in my master here at CBS to Thailand. Um, I think that's the best thing probably I did ever in my life. Hi and welcome to The Technopreneur. We are a community of entrepreneurs that connects people by sharing their journeys and challenges. Today's guest is on the mission to replace single-use beverage and food containers. With this, we want to inspire a new generation of entrepreneurs through stories. We want to show you how today's packaging industry is already challenged. And for that, I'm here with Paco. Hello. And I'm Luca. We are your hosts for today. But we are not alone. We have Robert Dichtel from CleanHub, as I just learned. <laughs> and... We met just here at the DTU Startup Day, and it's really just a few meters away from where we are sitting today. Um, and I really got hooked from your startup, how you, are, how it looks, how it feels, what your what your mission is. But before we dive into this, could you give us a little bit about you, a little bit background story? Sure. Thanks for inviting me today. Um, yeah, as you as as I'm introduced, I'm Robert. I'm originally from Germany, uh, from Munich, from the south, and uh, I always liked entrepreneurship. So I had to doing my bachelor's, uh, a little party company uh, for students, uh, especially business students, and we were hosting parties, and it was like super nice, earning some money on the side, awesome. getting to know the bouncers and the club owners, and uh, <laughs> so this entrepreneurship thing got me hooked, and I always liked the sustainability, and um, then I found a super cool uh, master spot here at CBS uh, in Copenhagen. And so I moved there almost five years ago and we started studying. Um, I met uh, one Italian guy, Simone. I will tell you a bit more about it later. <laughs> and uh, we became friends. <laughs> and um, and then also through him, we met uh, Giuseppe. As uh, so we became good friends, uh, living in Copenhagen, one German, some Italians. And so and then once we had like a, like a kind of takeaway meal together, right? And so we... Uh, We thought about hey, that it's something like so much waste there and uh, we thought uh, let's change it and that's basically uh, what we do now so that's that's really really cool so so you guys met through a study at cbs exactly. and uh, in that process you actually realize while having a dish together well like this is this is not this is not the way it should be like i should not get it in this in this kind of plastic or absolutely uh, we had super it was like a tie takeaway so a massive amount of, of plastic waste uh -huh. and um And it's like, there is a smarter way to do it. Like, we, everyone knows, like, fund in Germany or pen, deposit system, Danske Tour system here in Denmark, right? So we thought, like, why not doing something with deposit? And um, and then I think some days later, uh, Giuseppe found on, on Facebook uh, the competition from the National Geographic. It was Ocean Plastic Innovation Challenge, mm -hmm. it was called. And uh, so we went back to CBS, uh, locked us on a Sunday in, in a room for, I think, 13 hours or so. <laughs> And did applications. So we we uh, pull out the applications. We record the video and do voiceover, um, and for two tracks, a circle economy track and design track. And then in the in the end, we we made it, um, made it in there, and we got. Um, I think it was five thousand dollars. We won five thousand dollars. Beautiful. Four months of mentorship from a super crazy guy, from Mexico. Um, and uh, yeah. So and four months later, they invited us to fly to Washington D.C. and pitch. The headquarter of, of National Geographic. Oh, that's so cool, man! Yeah, it was. I think the. I think for us the amazing start, like how better how you can start a startup, right? Yeah, having an idea, getting some funding, and yeah, yeah and fly to Washington <laughs> D.C. Like also, then it was right before Christmas. It was uh, December, I think, 16th of December. We were able to go to New York afterwards, and it was an amazing time. And 
and meeting like so many cool startups there. And um, yeah. And at, at that stage, you only had like an idea in mind. And yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, my God, I, we had a pitch deck, which was okay because uh, Giuseppe was uh, working for a media agency, so he know how to make pitch decks. So that was good. <laughs> That's good. Uh, good but start. <laughs> the, pro the product was bad. Like we had like three uh, D printed uh, cups and boxes, and uh, oh, the man. quality was so bad. We every in the end we didn't show them. It took us months to make them, and uh, and then once we were there, we said like, no man, it's this embarrassment. So we just have a nice pitch deck and. Uh, yeah, we didn't win anything. We could have won, I think, $100,000. Um, didn't win wow. anything, but... And when did you realize that you need to pivot? Uh, basically being there. <laughs> we just <laughs> realized. I mean, uh, we, we saw like, wow, okay, the other startups, I'm doing some stuff, some not. Um, was quite impressive, but uh, after we realized uh, we were just basically a pitch deck and some nice idea. But people really gave us like feedback and a super nice idea and guys work on it. Um, so we got a lot of confidence when we came back. Um, so losing was not bad, and and then we just completely pivoted. We rebranded to CleanHub. Before we were called actually Reboo, Reusable Bamboo. <laughs> oh. I'm uh, I'm just thinking before we dive too much into that. Maybe for the listeners, if you could give your like, what are you doing? What are you guys doing at CleanHub? What's we, what's your product? We do packaging as a service. So we have a, a smartphone app where user can borrow reusable packaging for free. So you can go to a coffee shop. Uh, download our app register and um, takes less than a minute and then you can borrow a reusable cup for example um, get a coffee in there it's like a thermos cup and then we have a network of more than 110 uh, cafes in Denmark where you can return it so you can take it from one cafe walk down the street return it to some other ones then the partner washes the cup and the next person can borrow it and we do the same for, for food as well that's very cool and uh, I downloaded the app and in fact it was a one minute process I was like <laughs> straight in like, oh, that's, that, that, was, that was easy that's well done yeah, well executed. Very cool. And um, okay, so then you have like 110 people that are actually, um, you know, restaurants and, and bars that are actually already using your, your service. Yeah. How, how long did it take to arrive here? How long have you guys been in business? Well, um, we started in October 2020. Um, so with the food boxes, we had like metal stainless steel boxes and we started with five uh, restaurants in, in Vestibro. Copenhagen and, um, and then it took us like uh, until February or end of January 2021 where we launched in the coffee cup and so before we had like five I think it was maybe seven at the end after some months uh, but in February we launched then with, with with some coffee shops also and then with coffee collective and Ricos and so on so basically um, it really ex exploded in, in, in from 17th <laughs> February last year on and how was the process to get this first five restaurants how did you convince them Basically, the, yeah, we, we, we got some samples shipped. So we had like two, three cups uh, and then we just walked around and went to our restaurants or cafes and said like, hey, this is the cup. Uh, we, we want to do this. And uh, it was just bottom up, knocking doors, going there, showing the product, understanding things. And uh, yeah, so we didn't have to, also our first shipment, for example, for the boxes got lost uh, in somewhere <laughs> on the border in, uh, I think, it, I don't know what it was. Kazakhstan or so I don't know like uh, we, so it was like we had just some samples and ideas and, and people wanted to try it out uh, but it took some time until the products arrived the app was done I know that's very so so you guys have in fact so these cups and mm -hmm. you have these boxes yeah and you mentioned now for instance you one of these transports was was lost for instance but how do you produce them what's what's the process there yeah, basically Alibaba is the way to go. <laughs> no, we had different samples. We we bought from European producers. Um, we were looking at, at packaging types. What's the, we know we have, we spoke actually with DTU 
experts regards to packaging, what's the most sustainable and all these things, uh, because we realized bamboo is not, because it's bamboo and plastic and stuff. Uh, yeah. Uh, and then we came to stainless steel and then it was clear uh, stainless steel is, is like you can't get it here in Europe. And then we lo were looking with Alibaba and, and uh, to China and um, also understanding that, for example, the shipment from China is not so bad. Um, it's better getting from both from China than with the truck from Germany, all these things. So, And yeah, we then we ordered different samples and then we showed them to the restaurants and they said, yeah, this we like. And then we said, yeah, okay, this is the one to go for. Right? And that's how we started. You mentioned this. Amazing. The Yes, CO2 footprint on the supply chain. Mm -hmm. How do you ensure that everything is going right in China where you produce? Have you been there at the factory or how does it look like? Uh, no, we, we, we haven't been there yet. And we, of course, we plan to do it, especially with the supplier of the cups. Um, yeah, we they're, they're certified. So we have certifications, um, especially also with food safety and all yeah. these things. So there are certifications. Um, of course, they have a different elect electricity mix than the microns, so something we can do. But for us, it was also important to account this in the life cycle assessment. So we, we know that energy mix in China. And then we try through the use and, and, and optimizing everything we can uh, here in Europe to, to improve things. Yeah, I, I read before uh, the life cycle that if one of the cups gets damaged, that you then somehow melt them down or let melt them down and then make something else. Do you, do you know what products are then made out of old clean hub? <laughs> we, we, <laughs> we didn't have the, the problem so far because it's extremely durable huh. uh, but also the service we provide is that we take them back right so the, the restaurants the cafe don't have to worry about things um, if something's broken damaged we just take them back replace them and then we are because our goal is to be in, in, in charge of end of life so they don't have to think oh where do we recycle this where does it end up so it comes back to us and we, we know where to place it and we of, before we recycle or basically melt them down and uh, reuse the, uh, the stainless steel I think we want to upcycle first, so we will repurpose them. So but still using them in the system for something as a flower pot or cup, I don't know what. Um, <laughs> or, or, or just also kind of polish them. That, uh, that we, If they have some scratches, we polish them, then we can still use them. But really as a last resort is kind of material recovery. So okay. that we go into the, to the recycling stream and then it just goes in the regular stainless steel mix and then, I don't know, something. Okay. <laughs> and uh, you said you went from like early 3D printed prototypes to bamboo and then to stainless steel. Yeah. How was that journey? How did you guys started testing that out? What was the wow? Idea? That's a, a good question. Uh, I mean, uh, we had I don't know how many bamboo products <laughs> we, we we ordered and we had so many samples, and then we we thought about making like a nicer way to close the cup and and, and kind of prototyping, thinking around uh, using Kia facilities to to um, to print it, but in the end. Um, Yeah, it's just like we have. We want to make it also very aesthetic because there's so many products you buy, are, especially from China, they're not really really pleasing. Mm -hmm. So we thought uh, it was quite hard for us to find a product who fits and which is nice, right? And um, it was just like talking to people, talking to friends, um, looking around, looking what's beautiful, and trying to 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 find a good product for us. And and because at the st at the beginning you don't have the funds to create a product, yeah. you, you have to pick something within the market, we can't afford uh, creating a mold and, and getting a cup, right? So we just bought a cup, which is out there, and which was quite okay. And now we can improving things. Is that in the plans, though, to, to have full control over production? Yeah, absolutely. We, we already, uh, for example, we're getting a small cup soon. Um, this cup um, doesn't exist from the, our supplier. So we told them, hey, we need a small cup, eight ounces, uh, please produce it. And then you made improvements for stackability, super important for, uh, for cafes, for mm -hmm. supply chain as well. So this is something we, uh, we improved. Uh, and also durability um, and all these things. So we really try, we, we started with a product, we go out to the market, test it, 
get feedback from from customers who are using it and from from clients we have like restaurants and cafes and now we are we can change things and implement some new designs when, awesome. when we met here i remember said i asked you if you have a lid for it which is proof because I'm more like the person who sits somewhere and drinks a coffee. I'm not the one who drinks it on the go. Sometimes it happens. But um, then I have another question after that. <laughs> uh, as a German, I have to ask you about recap. Yeah. But um, do you have a lid which is completely proof? Because if I get this cup, I will love the idea, but I don't want to carry it all the time around. I want to throw it in my backpack and don't care about the little tiny... Yeah, exactly. That. That's something we're working on. We we just uh, found suppliers for for silicon plug. We just finished the design. It was we used our existing lid. We um, get a three D scanned, uh, and then we um, sent the design. Got some designer who yeah designs the the plug, uh, and so we're almost ready to produce it. So the goal is to have uh, individual silicon plug, not for everyone. So to to go cup, but if you like, you want to close a uh, close the cup for for your backpack, or if you want to bike around. You have soon the possibility to do that. That's well. And then to my second question, <laughs> how, how do you position yourself against Recap? So maybe for the ones who don't know it, Recap is basically, I would say, it's the same concept. They um, just do it out of recycled plastic as far as I know, or some kind of different material. I don't think it's actually recycled plastic because it's quite difficult to find a plastic which was um, recycled before and then use it for food content. Yeah. But yeah, the basically a recap is um, yeah a quite cool concept. It's also from from uh, also from the south of Germany, so quite close where I'm actually from. And um, they, they use deposit, so that's a, a big difference. The, they use deposit, so you pay one euro and then you get the cup. Uh, for the lid, you have to buy by yourself, so mm -hmm. there's something you don't get uh, together. So for us, it's lid and and and, and cup is together and. We are depositless, and that's something we really uh, see in the future. I mean, it works quite well in Germany. They have, I think, 10,000 partners in Germany or something like this. Uh, but for, for Scandinavian countries or for Denmark, I think with yeah. cash, you would like really have a problem with. Yes. Yeah. And so the thing is also by looking at these uh, pl plastic cups, bamboo cups, uh, stainless steel cups, I think the, the, the most sustainable thing is, in the end, uh, the most durable thing. Because you produce it once, of course, it has an impact. So our cups need to be used way more than a, a recap cup. But also the durability is way higher. So they break down after 200 uses, something like this, hours after 1,000, so maybe never this thing is new product. And um, so that's also like um, for us really important that we want to have a very durable and premium packaging, but then you can't do deposit because it would be too expensive if you ask 50 krona or whatever, or even more, that you uh, get a cleanup cup. So then it was clear for us we have to do a digital solution. We have to make it, you get it for free, uh, no deposit, only if you not return it, uh, we mm -hmm. charge you. That's really cool, and uh, I imagine how the how the conversation goes when you go to one of these restaurants. Uh, how does that go? You go there and you ask what? Yeah, basically, I go in and say like, "Hey, I'm Robert from Cleanup, whatever." In the end, it's just you go there, and the first of all, the, the biggest misconception is you never meet the owner. You always go there, you feed the barista, you feed some staff there, then you pitch it to them, tell them like what we do, um, asking about um, if they do take away all these things. And um, yeah, then you try just to get a meeting with the owner because when we hit the owner, then it's quite easy to sell because uh, um, that's the biggest barrier for us is we getting through the owner because staff, they like the idea, here's the email address, info at thisrestaurant.com. You write an email and no one reads it. And, and what value do you add to the restaurant? Because what's, what's in for them? Uh, basically, of course, sustainable branding. They're part of the network. Um, they save money on the packaging. They, have a, um, they get the better packaging. And something for us is really important, also like the repeated sales, because we our cups have to be returned or, of course. or within 10 days, right? That's a single smart. use, you just throw away and trash it. 
But our, we force them basically through the app and on a high fee that you come back and we see repeated sales. So we see you bring, you check out, uh, you return the cup and then you see you within the next but at 20 seconds, you check out another cup. That makes sense. You're kind of creating your own ecosystem of yeah. people that believe in this kind of product and sustainability that then go to the places where they can return the cups. Exactly. It's like loyalty. Uh, and also, uh, we also gather data. So it's something they can use. So say, hey, you switched from single-use cups to clean up and you saved, I don't know, 5,000 paper cups in this month and this is this amount of CO2. So you can then use this for CSR reporting. And that's really interesting for universities or corporate offices. Um, mm. You can show them how much uh, paper they saved or plastic and so on. So yeah. you can kind of... In is there a kind of a standardized way how you report this? Or do you just send them a PowerPoint, an Excel sheet? or We we basically right now we do have to do it manually because it's not, not uh, implemented in the system yet or it's not live yet, let's say like this. Um, but we can just calculate quite easy for them because mm -hmm. we know exact amount of numbers, uh, cups they saved, and we have like a sheet. And of course, it depends also what kind of product they use, right? If they have different cups, if it's like a bio or plastic lining or whatever. Um, so we can customize it exactly for the product they have. Mm. And then the, the restaurant just take care of cleaning the products really well. And then uh, when you arrive with the app, you just have to, to scan. Um, exactly. The yeah. return card and then you return it. Return so it's the same card. principle as supporting it. For, Amazing. for me as a techie how did you came up with nfc i would say it's i know about it but i do a lot of tech all day long <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, but it's, people are not used to it to just it, i think it's getting more with the digital payment but exactly. i think most people aren't aware that it is nfc uh, yeah how how is the acceptance for the users for us was like the, the goal to make the most convenient uh, solution and of course we know qr code solutions out there or whatever codes um, but we thought like we have this this that you have the same user experience as paying with apple pay right or with google pay with the phone and 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 uh, contactless and all these things and and of, of course also secure that you can't hack because qr codes or whatever you can just make a picture of it and and scan a picture of it. Oh. So, yeah, all these things right um and um yeah and it's, it's not so easy actually it's quite harder doing with nfc because like it's it's quite new and find the developers who understand it and so on it wasn't that easy um, but I think we, we like the, the easy, like these, the convenience of just like tap less, you tap your phone and then you, you scan it and return it. It's really cool. I think I'm part of the target audience that <laughs> exactly. did, did, did not know as well that like you could do that with the, uh, NFC, but, that, uh, I think it's gonna, it's gonna add a lot to the experience simplicity. Sure. How, yeah. how was the development process then for the app? Because as far as I'm aware, none of you three founders has yep. software development exactly. experience. Yeah, we we outsourced it to an agency, and um, of course, at the beginning, our funds were limited, and then we had not the best, not the uh, yeah the best agency, let's say this. <laughs> and so it took a lot. We had a lot of feedback. We had to test so many things, and um, yeah, so it took ages to just get the app done, and and then also it became, of course, more expensive than planned, but it's just normal. Uh, but then we uh, we upgraded the agency. Now we have better developers. We have a tech lead here in Denmark and so on. So now things are different. What would you do then different if you would now start again with the knowledge you have and for the app? Because right here, a lot of startups who want to do something with software. Mm. What what advice could you give them? Um, I don't know if I would actually do something different because we were able to get an app super cheap. And it uh, was, of course, for us really uh, time intensive to just give feedback every time they delivered something. And there was many uh, things that weren't fixed during the time. Product development, man. Yeah, it is, <laughs> it's, it is like this. I think uh, for the for the price we got the app, it was quite okay, really. And um, 
Um, I would just um, research many of these agencies, like so see what they did before, see their ratings and all these uh, platforms, um, maybe talk, talk to some of their clients before. And yeah, just accept it. And if you don't pay much, if you pay like $15 per hour instead of 50, whatever, uh, you get a, like an inferior product. But uh, that's something for us is really like go out, test, start and yeah. uh, get the feedback and uh, deliver, learn, yeah. iterate. Exactly. That's the way to do it. Yeah, man. But so it was uh, Co what, Copenhagen based, the developers or? Uh, no, or no. Before it was from India, agents uh -huh. in India. And now we are uh, having Copenhagen based and, and some agency working. Okay. That's are you, because the app is quite an essential part of your business, are you planning to do it your own or do you want to keep it yeah, from an external partner all the time? No, we want to do this all uh, f um, by ourselves. Yeah. At some point. But it's, it's like, it's a progress. Like I think doing it uh, from the beginning is impossible in Denmark, especially because yeah. you need to have a lot of money. And so, um, yeah, now, now we're planning to, to have it in house or at least like, um, the critical parts in house and, and with the future development, because we will focus more on tech because that's the way to go. Um, we also looking here in Denmark, but from the, I think if it were done it from the beginning, it kills the business. Um, too many costs. Yeah, it's too high. Denmark is too expensive and it's impossible. Yeah. And, um, okay. You mentioned a competitor in, in Germany or so to say, and our business in this area. What are your expansion plans towards other countries, if any? Yeah, we for sure have some. I mean, we the like this problem is not only in Denmark, right? It's um, it, it's it's of course we are here based and this is the way to start, but we see all around Europe or the world there's like a need for some solutions. Also, everywhere are competitions popping up. I mean, you have these two big ones in Germany, one in in, in London, and um, yeah, I mean. We were looking into, we, at the beginning, our goal was to, to scale up fast, go to different countries. But we said, like, no, they, we, uh, we focus first on Copenhagen, fix it, fix things, uh, improve here, uh, iterate, and then we go abroad. And um, also for us, it's more, it's not country, it's more city, right? So we don't, we say we don't go to Germany, we go to German cities. Uh, okay. Or for, just as an example. Or if you go to, we don't go to Sweden, you go to Stockholm, you go to Malmö, whatever, like all these things. You said two of your co-founders are Italians. You plan to go to Italy? <laughs> <laughs> we thought about it, but I think Italian coffee culture is a bit different. <laughs> Man, I was thinking about that. I was like, oh my, that's going to be tough. Like for these cups. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Little espresso. So yeah, indeed. And for an espresso, you don't need it. So it doesn't make sense. So um, You could make a micro, micro cup. <laughs> we, we actually have a sample um, of, uh, of a three ounce cup, which is basically an espresso cup, the very small one. Uh, but the thing is, uh, it was for uh, for a client from Saudi Arabia for Arabic coffee, uh -huh. and they want to do that as well. So let's see how this plays out. We have a supplier for that. Uh, <laughs> super nice, also stainless steel. It's double wall. It's really cool quality. Looks people love it. I think I should we should just sell this on Amazon and become rich. <laughs> <laughs> so if, if you guys need some money, do this. Uh, it's for sure working. <laughs> uh, besides that, are there some other products? areas you're expanding to so you have some food beverage you have some big coffee cups you are doing now smaller and super tiny ones yeah are there others yeah uh, we now uh, yeah we have right the stainless steel boxes in the system we're getting these bolts uh, we have these uh, reusable mm. plastic bolts um these are coming to um, also like in the next six weeks we launching them and then we let's see i mean there's a lot of possibility i mean uh, we slowly start this it's not we don't want to roll out five products right um but we just there's for sure a need in the market. We know from from other from Germany, from other competitors, they they're having like con uh, two compartment containers or sushi trays or a pizza box or something yeah. quite interesting as well. Uh, and so yeah, we we're looking at, at all the do uh, use cases and products. And uh, for now, we're expanding where we are. So we have a lot of potential with coffee sector and of course with the food with the bowls we have. 
But of course, if you want to target sushi restaurants or, or pizzerias, you need different yeah. packaging. Why do we go for the bowls and for reusable plastic? You just told us why aluminium is so nice. <laughs> what you, or stainless steel, sorry. Stainless steel, yeah. What you're doing? Uh, it's, it's, uh, it's supply chain. It's okay. uh, supply chain is a problem. But also really the perception of the product because we we, we tried now for yeah a year with the stainless steel uh, boxes and it's uh, we like the design and also the, the older stainless steel aspect but we see restaurants are not ready for this they really they they want something which looks similar and the bolts we have they look huh. quite similar even it's quite nice product uh, reusable plastic i mean it's a trade-off um it's kind of kill your darlings because the first <laughs> product we, we launched we have to kind of kind of remove but um we see also all around europe um kind of these these kind of bowls are working and uh, why not doing the same the funny thing is we bought these exact same bowls which uh, one of the germans using um we bought them also like a year ago like right before we had the, the stainless steel ones but then we said no let's go stainless steel we want to be premium all these things but we realized um maybe it's not the way to go and also environmental wise uh, they don't of course they need less like half of the the initial users to be break even mm -hmm. uh, to be more sustainable of course they're not as durable as stainless steel but then they, they really spill proof the bolts that's really also important for some hours weren't spill proof and they're heating up with uh, with with hot food inside um so yeah i think that's the way to go are you guys uh, are you guys selling as well the clean hub products your customers or does that go against your business model right now uh, actually against our business model because we don't uh, also many times in the beginning also the customers ask us if they just can't buy it from us they don't know it's kind of we want to basically sharing economy right we want to packaging as a service it doesn't make sense to buy it. it's too expensive also why you want to buy from us you can get it kind of for us on a for rental fee quite cheap um, also customer ask us because they love the cups they love the design it was like a year before Christmas I love like 20, Christmas 20 22 no 2020 sorry and some people ask us if they can buy for us because they like the box and want to gift yeah. it for her dad and I was like, <laughs> I, uh, I get yeah it. i would do it too <laughs> exactly it just we said like i mean don't return it then you buy it right so automatically you get charged after 10 days so just keep it uh, not return it and then it's yours how much is it uh, for the <laughs> <laughs> so the stainless steel box is uh, 100 kroner um also 100 kroner per stainless steel box and for the cups it's 150 kroner and for the bowls it will be as well 150 kroner but then you could not bring it back to the place and just say can, can you like fill it or could you uh not officially but of course um we also we accept it if it's not really co completely destroyed uh, we had some cases where people bought it that they were sick especially now with corona oh, even yeah. though they can extend and all these features uh, but some people are just, just bought it and they want to return it. Say, yeah, okay, if it's still, it's the same wall, you bring it back, we refund you the money. So we don't want to be like this, you buy it. And if you don't use it at home, it doesn't make sense. So better give it back to us, put it in circulation and let's save some single use. You, you mentioned that customers then write to you uh, if they get sick and don't can bring it back in time. How much effort from your, from the whole company is put into customer service? Um, well, that's a good question. Actually, we I don't track it, in the ex but we we of course we we make we try to automate this everything. So yeah. if, if people have a problem, we did we send automatically a, a follow up and all these things. Uh, customer service we had a lot at the beginning, um, but now we kind of we improve also the system. For example, this extend feature we didn't have before, and then people mm -hmm. uh, were running out or were, when they were sick, right? So now they they write us they can or they can just extend by themselves uh, in the yeah. app just pay 10 corona get three days more all these things makes things so much easier than writing us yeah. hey can extend it i'm sick i can't return it all these things um of course but it's, it's not much like we we still have a lot of uh i think the percentage wise is like super low compared okay. to the users we have yeah and um, did you did you try proposing to cafes 
to like off, um, sell their coffees for a lower amount if they use your products? Or did you thought about incentives in that direction to promote yeah. the usage? We actually have this, for example, with Rico's, uh, we have, I think when you go there, we get four krona discount when you have uh, our cup compared to this. Real and cool. these four krona, they don't, uh, then they put in planting tree projects. That was That's the first awesome. cafe I've been in Copenhagen when I arrived here. Perfect. You <laughs> <laughs> picked the right That's choice. <laughs> no, we, yeah, we have some, um, also DTU does uh, at the canteens. I think there's also a discount. Um, some does it, some not. Of course, we can't force it. It's for sure helpful. Um, it's for sure helpful to make a cheaper coffee and also for CBS. For the relaunching the next week will be also a discount. Why is CBS the last university in Copenhagen? Aside <laughs> on your LinkedIn, uh, yeah, it's, it's a good question. No, we, I mean, we, uh, Simone and I, we studied at CBS, right? Yeah. So for us, it was of course important. We reached out to them years ago. Um, it was, um, I don't know, actually, it was just uh, easier to go through uh, with the others, and uh, we were in contact with the canteen provider, but then they were testing some other things. Then of course it was lockdown with Corona, so it's of course not super super easy. And um, tough time for the sharing economy. Yeah, <laughs> not really. I mean, but you nailed it. Still, it's good. Yeah, it's if you can make it in these times. Uh, hopefully, also afterwards. So, we had a boost. Actually, I have to admit, also in the beginning of last year February when we launched, we had a boost because indoor seating was not allowed, so it was only takeaway. Then, of course, uh, everyone kind of uh, does a to-go coffee, and then we launched, and then they pushed us, and it was it worked quite well. And then we saw, in I think in May. When outdoor seating was allowed, of course, people like to drink the coffee inside, so it dropped a bit. And we had also to we were fixing other things, but it's it's back up again. Real cool. I also saw you are now an APS, or not now, I don't know when it happened, you're an APS. So that's comparable to a German GmbH, right? Exactly. Well, limited in this case. Mm -hmm. How was the process to get that? We have also some, some advice, because in our area here in our bubble, <laughs> DTU, I think some people have to take this journey quite soon. Is, is there something you learned and what you would do different right now? Um, yeah, I think it's, uh, you start with a private company, like I think sole proprietorship, I think it's called. Um, yeah, you have to make a company anyway, right? but also for us, uh, then talking to investors and all these things, or, or in general, just growing the business, you have to have an APS just to, to for, yeah. for, for all the, so many reasons, right? And then, um, But also it costs money, right? You have to invest some money to create uh, this. And I think mm -hmm. the biggest advice I can give is like do this with a holding company. I know this structure. Yeah, we saw it. Yeah. Like one company owns, comp one holding co owns cleanup and then each founder has shares of the holding company with their private holding. Exactly. Yeah, basically you as a, as a, as a founder, as an owner, you just create a ho holding company that yeah. costs money. And then the, the, the real company, like Cleanout APS, is owned by the holding company. So also if, if now we get investment in, the holding company uh, shells, uh, sells the shares. So I sell 5%, the other 5%, the other 5%. So then we can sell, for example, 15% to the investor. And this is not taxed, so the money goes straight in the company. And, okay. and only if we put the money from the holding onto my bank account, then you get taxed. Okay. So it's super easy to internally, uh, between founders, move the shares, but also if we get investment in. Um, so that's that's the way to go. So don't do anything else. Any startup, uh, always do holding companies. I think also every accountant will tell you, or, or even some startup events accelerators. So that's super super important, really. Yeah. And um, yeah, then we started the APS. Of course, it's a bit more complex with lawyer and all these things, setting things up, uh, business account, and all the things you need, insurances and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, 
and also very important is that um, because we, of course we used the we used the old company before for whatever Facebook account for the account and all those things change the tax ID do all these things f for bookkeeping install bookkeeping software stuff like this because we actually had the case that we realized later on oh okay actually some stuff was re still running on the old company not on the real one so we have to move it and fix these things yeah. it's quite quite time intensive and completely unnecessary yeah and I uh, love the advice on. Uh, yeah, on the company in general and how to organize the financing around the investments as well. And uh, how much investments did you guys get? If that's something you can disclose and talk about that a little bit. Yeah, right now we kind of bootstrapped. Um, uh, we don't have an external investor in, so we we got some we got some money from uh, from the accelerator program, and we uh, we got Inno founder just recently. Oh, um, congrats! So congrats. now, thank you. <laughs> Super good. Will be important. So we have now, now the wages of us founders uh, paid for a year. So that's for sure helpful. That's say, cool. Say hi to Martina from Tempty Foods if you see her. Okay. So they also got just accepted. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's uh, yeah, it's some cool stuff. I think it's also like kind of validation if you get in there, right? Yeah. You you made it to the, some, I think it's 30 people or something, 30 startups getting in there. So it's for sure cool. It's awesome. And right now we're looking also with investors. So we still have a good runway and we, we still can execute as we want. But uh, we were in contact with uh, investors last year um, for several months, actually. Uh, but then we realized it's not the right timing for us to do it right now, because then also Giuseppe and Simone quit their full-time job, got all, all in and clean up. And, um, and we had some big deals coming with the universities and so on. And then we said, like, okay, let's wait and um, bootstrap, basically. The, the, the goal is to bootstrap as long as possible, of yes. course, uh, until you realize, okay, we need to have investment in now to, to find the speed things up. Right? I mean, it's a great position to be in. It's yeah. really, really cool. But also, it's also we need to be also faster, right? It's not just all bootstrapping and all we can survive uh, whatever, how many months, uh, but also you need to challenge yourself uh, because speed is super, super important. Yeah. And therefore, you need money. Yeah, there's a point where you have to push. Exactly. Where you want to compete with the other, with the other big players. But the market, also to say, like also you mentioned the German ones before, the market is huge. Like the German market is massive and also all around the world. So it's, we're still not in competition with anyone in this case. So it's really nice to see. And, uh, and they're doing a good thing. We're doing a good thing. It's fine. Everyone is a bit different uh, when it comes to the solutions and the products. Um, I think there's still a massive room to, to expand until you become a competitor of them. Of course. So you want to encourage others to join you on, on the same yeah. market? <laughs> please, please join and get crushed in a year by us. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks a lot. Um, I have one last final question. You said you arrived here in Copenhagen five years back. And I think you finished your bachelor in, in Munich at this time. Yeah. Is there any advice you would give your younger self now, if you could do so, mm -hmm. if you could travel back in time? Uh, when it comes to coming to Denmark, to coming to Denmark, founding a startup, starting at CBS, whatever. Um, I think the biggest advice is um, trying to get like a diverse uh, group of friends, uh, really the, the different nationalities. Go on exchange, really important for me as well. Hmm? I went to to America and to Thailand for an exchange, like uh, in my bachelor uh, to America and in my master here at CBS to Thailand. Um, I think that's the best thing probably I did ever in my life, uh, going abroad, meeting people there. Um, advice, uh, it's, it's, it's very tricky. Like really surround yourself with good people. I think that's mm. very good uh, who push because also we know a startup is quite tough. And if you have to, uh, do it, you can't do things alone. You always need a team as you guys are as well. Right. So I think in tough times, it's good to that one. If you push a bit less than the other pushes and then you, you change. 
Um, yeah, and go abroad. I mean, that's also important. <laughs> don't stay where. Yeah, don't, don't stay where you are. Don't uh, move forward. Go abroad and meet new people, do new things, and um, study. I think it's also something I can <laughs> study, guys. Uh, it's important. <laughs> no, it's, I think it's really, really important. Um, uh, find and also if it's something you study something different, but I think just finding the meeting people there, doing studies and interesting, be, being a student, being at parties and all these things. I think uh, having this lifestyle. Um, makes you realizing things, what you want to do later on, and um, yeah, and do something with sustainability. I think that's the if you, <laughs> I think that also helps a bit. I think in the future that will be the next. It's not fintech hopefully anymore. It's more like saving environment, saving the planet. So I think you have a bright future if, if anyone wants to found something, try something sustainable. Fantastic advice, really. Thank Perfect. you so much. Thanks for this episode. <laughs> thank you so much. Thanks for being our guest. Yeah, thank you for having me here. And uh, yeah, next time with uh, some beers, uh, I promise. Yes, <laughs> let's do that. <laughs> okay. Ciao, right. mate. Thank you. Thank you.